Welcome to Talk Direction, your weekly One Direction podcast, where we talk about everything One Direction, from news to album updates to the weird thing Harry did on stage the other night. Talk Direction, by the fans, for the fans. Welcome to episode 16 of Talk Direction, your weekly One Direction podcast. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Kara. And this is our 16th episode of Talk Direction. Is um, it really? And this will be, yeah. It's <laughs> totally crazy. Yes. <laughs> I know. I was looking because I was pre-planning for future episodes and like looking at what our 20th episode will be and like, I'm like, how can we already be at 20 episodes? Like we've been doing this since July now. It's been months. Wow. Which is just totally crazy. Like I can't even comprehend it. I know. Um, but yeah, this episode's going to be our second half of the fandom episode, and a lot of it um, is listener participation and feedback, which will be really nice. Um, but first, we're going to start with some news. Um, our first news story, and sort of just like a general um, call to action promotion type thing, is uh, there's a lot of different um, update sites, One Direction update sites, and like people on Twitter and Tumblr trying to... Um, get people really involved in promoting the um, fifth album, Made in the AM. And Kara and I have sort of uh, like participated and jumped in a little bit, and we wanted to promote um, these projects on our podcast because we know we reach out to a lot of listeners this way. And there's two in particular that I want to talk about. The first one is Gift the Fifth, which is um, organized by the Twitter Fifth Two Million. Um, or Made in the AM project. Uh, and I think it's similar to the No Control project, but they're trying, their goal is to get Made in the AM to 1 million sales and uh, in the first week of it um, being released. And it's about people buying the album for other people who can't afford it, uh, which I think is a really good thing because then it, uh, it tries to combat like streaming and illegal downloading um, of the album. And I know Louie's mom, Johanna, or Joanna, I guess, uh, retweeted this. So that was cool. So that definitely got it more promotion. Yeah, dang. Um, but like, what do you think about this goal of getting One Direction's album to 1 million sales in the first week? Do you think it's reasonable or just like a fun goal to see like how much we can get? Um, I have no idea because I don't really know like how this fits in like um, in the what am I trying to say? Like how um, music sales have gone down over time. So I don't know how much mm-hmm. like a realistic goal 1 million is, but I think it's like a really cool thing to like aim for it. And I feel like if we're trying to like hit this goal, then like more people will be like trying and like doing all they can to hit it. So I think it's like good to yeah. aim high. So Yeah. It's really crazy to think that like One Direction has like 25 million followers, but it's those followers don't necessarily buy the album in the first week. Yeah. Um, you'd think, oh, it would be easy, but really it's not. And, yeah. like, if you go by some statistics, Midnight Memories sold, um, and this is, like, in the U.S., I think. Oh, okay. Midnight Memories sold um, 546000 in the first week, uh, and four sold 387000 in the first week. Um, so it's definitely... It, it, One Direction's albums were peaking, and then it peaked with Midnight Memories, and then it went down with four. And just in general, like you said, um, album sales have been going down um, sort of all across music. Yeah. Uh, and and very few artists are able to produce 
um, things that have sales that are more than a million in the first week. I mean, Taylor Swift's been, she's done it now for 1989, Red and Speak Now. And then like the other artist that's done it recently is Lady Gaga with Born This Way. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just like things like streaming and illegal downloading and the way that the music industry's changing um, hurts these types of sales. But I don't know, like, do you think 1D will be able to combat this? Taylor Swift got lots of people to go buy physical copies because there was like the incentive of having the Polaroid pictures inside and the extra songs. Um, And I know I've seen 1D have like little bonus packages. I think they're more expensive, but like there's, I don't know, like you get like a deluxe edition, you get like a poster, you get this, that type of thing. I just don't know if that's as incentivized or whatever uh, as Taylor Swift's was. (laughs) Do you think people will be more motivated to buy it with that? Yeah, I hope they do do something um, like Taylor Swift did. I think that was, like, such a genius, like, marketing thing because, like, Polaroids, like, everyone thinks that's, like, so cute and, like, everyone wants to go buy and, like, collect them all because, like, they had, like, Mm -hmm. like, different ones in each. Like, you didn't get all of them in one go, so, like, if you wanted all of them, like, you had to buy it maybe multiple times and stuff. Um, And -hmm. I feel like One Direction hasn't, really had anything that would like make you really want to buy the physical album recently um I can't really think of anything with four um like anything like new or like even um like songs only for like physical copies because I think they did that with their first album or first two albums because I remember on Take Me Home I think there was like some special songs that were only like on the Target edition or something um Mm -hmm. so I think that would be like really smart for them to do that I'm not sure if they're going to but I think that would be a good idea. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. I think they should because it will definitely help album sales. Yeah. Um, Because I know I've already downloaded the album, but then if they say, oh, the Target edition is going to have, like, a couple extra songs or we'll have something in the package, then, like, I'm going to go out and buy the physical album as well. And then that's me purchasing two albums already. Yeah. yeah, so we'll see. I don't know if we'll get to a million because that just is so impossible with the music industry now. But, like, I think this is good to get sales up in general. Also, um, I think it's, like, then, so cool that, like, fans are, like, gifting other fans, like, yeah. albums. Like, that's amazing. That's, like, not even – that's not cheap. That's, like, $15, $16. And, like, giving it to someone that yeah. you don't know, like, that's so cool. Yeah, it definitely is. It just shows, like, the the power of the fandom. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's another Twitter uh, – called made in the am promo team which is actually at m-i-t-a-m promo team um and they're also it's sort of a a group of update sites and we've been in on this um uh group where we're not an update site but we thought we could help with the podcast where like people from a whole bunch of different one direction update sites that have in, in total millions of followers amongst them and they're putting together like tons of different types of promotion for the album. They've got like Tumblrs, Snapchats, Twitters, all this stuff to like reach out in all types of ways to promote the album and to get people to buy it. Um, currently, they're doing work to um, have people going to the different concerts print out flyers that have like the what, those little square pictures where you can like take a picture with your phone and then it'll bring you to like how to buy the album or pre-order the album it's some sort of code i don't really know it's like those little squares with like the little weird it looks like a microchip yeah yeah um (laughs) 
but it's just so cool and like people are printing them out and everyone's getting involved and we want to say that if any of our listeners are going to the shows you need to check out their twitter and print these flyers and like hand them out to people at the shows and just like if you have a an update site start retweeting their tweets or tweeting what they're doing you can um i think you can just dm them and ask to join and you'll be put into the group chat and i know um, they're looking for people to translate um, a lot of the flyers into different languages so it's more accessible to all people. That's cool. Um, which I just think is so cool. And know. we know, like, from the group chat we've seen, um, these girls, some of them, like, are 13 years old. I know. And I think that's just so crazy. Like, I, I, like, compared to, like, One Direction's own promotion team, we have these, like, 13 to, like, 20-something-year-old girls. Like, we're some of the oldest ones in the mm-hmm. group. I think we um, were actually probably the oldest ones in the group. Yeah, or, like, around the same it's age. so crazy. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, I just think it's totally awesome. And I'm really excited to see where this goes and how it helps. And I think it could do um, a lot of good stuff. Because you have, a re- like, a really coming together of tons of update sites, which... It's pretty phenomenal. It's so cool. Like, it makes me, like, it really warms my heart, you know, to just see, like, everyone working together with, like, a common goal. And also, I want mm-hmm. to say that, like, the poster is, like, like really well designed. And I think the poster has a, a way better font than the actual One Direction um, album cover. So, <laughs> um, so whoever designed the flyer should have been the one to design the album cover. I will never get over that font. And um, it's going to haunt me till the day I die. And that's just... <laughs> oh, crapples. <laughs> I, I can't deal with it. <laughs> um, okay, then let's move on to t- like talking about Justin Bieber, whose album is being released the same day as One Direction's. Uh, November 13th and he's been doing his own promotion for the album going to different radio stations and doing different interviews and stuff and people have been um, really ready to jump at the fact and ask him questions about him releasing his album on the same day as One Direction and he he hasn't said anything bad really there's a couple interviews he where he's like joking around about oh one D better be scared like they're releasing the same album on the same day as me um and I think fans were like, oh, my God, why did he say that? But then um, <laughs> then he also had another interview where he was saying, like, oh, no, it's really cool. Like, Niall and I are friends. Like, it's going to be some, like, good competition or something. I don't know. But um, I think it's sort of just all, like, kind of, like, jokey. I don't think – I think 1D and Justin Bieber are on pretty good terms. Um, and then I know Louie sort of did a jokey response to what Justin had said. And on, on Snapchat, he was saying, like, um, when you find out you're releasing the same, like, on this, your album on the same day as One Direction, like, this is the face you make or whatever. And he made, like, a, ooh, like, scary <laughs> face. So they're just sort of, like, joking back and forth, which I kind of think is funny. It's, it's a good way to, like, deal with the situation, I guess. I think that, I mean, they had to have known, like, their promotional team, like, had to have known, like, this isn't by accident. Like, this doesn't just accidentally mm-hmm. happen. So I think, yeah. if anything, like, I was, like, um, in the beginning when it was sort of, like, not completely confirmed that it was happening at the same time, like, uh, is this true? Like, why would they do that? Like, it's kind of, I don't know, it just, like, sort of, like, worried me, but then I'm realizing, like, every, like, time Justin Bieber goes to a radio station or, like, has an interview, like, they're gonna ask about One Direction, so, like, that's getting their name out there, too, so, like, um, yeah, it is just, like, a marketing ploy, I guess, for, like, both of them, because mm-hmm. it gives them both promo, and I think that's just, like, how the world works in like that sense so um Mm -hmm. I think if anything it's like actually a good thing yeah I think so too it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it plays out and if One Direction starts doing interviews what they'll say uh about 
the whole thing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, our next story is a story about Harry being named the happiest celebrity on Twitter. What? Um, there was re- <laughs> there was research done by um, an analytic uh, analytics firm called Adoreboard. Um, where they, I don't know if it was like 100 celebrities or the top 100 celebrities, like most followed celebrities on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Um, But they were able to like create a program that recognized 24 different emotions um, in people's tweets, including things like rage, admiration, joy, anger, trust. So like super specific. And there's um, probably you can find a lot of information on how they did it. Um, but what's more interesting is that Harry was labeled, like, he came up as the number one most happy, uh, person on Twitter, or celebrity on Twitter, which is really cool, and there was, um, a couple of more, like, specifics about, like, how he got to that, um, as we know, he uses the phrase, all the love, like, pretty much closing every single tweet (laughs) he has, um, and on a positivity rating that they created out of zero to 100. And I think there's actually like, it goes the other way as well, like negative numbers for like more negative side. Yeah. Um, but the phrase, all the love, uh, gets a rating of 94 out of a hundred. Um, so that's pretty high. So every tweet he has that in it, it's going to like boost up that he's <laughs> more happy. Um, and then also Zane was compared uh, to Harry and a lot of his tweets were more negative and he only got a 22 out of 100 overall rating um, for his happiness on Twitter. So I think it's really interesting. I'm not sure if you can like go in and like, uh, y- like you do it yourself. You might be able to. We'll link we'll link uh, this article that talked about it. Um, but I thought that was really cool. Do you think Harry is pretty happy on Twitter? I think he's um pretty uh stand I don't know what am I trying to say like robotic but in like a positive way like he's a positive robot you know what I mean um yeah so I think that he's very careful about what he shares on social media these days Mm -hmm. so I think that he I think he's a type of person that doesn't want to breed negativity and he only wants to put out positive things out there so I think that this is pretty uh um like what's it called like um what's it called like when you know what you're doing like What's the uh, word I'm I looking for? <laughs> okay, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but, like, he, I'm pretty sure he, like, means to do this. Like, I'm pretty sure he's meaning to be a positive person. Right. He's not responding to the hate I'm sure he gets, like, maybe Louis or Zane is, you know? He's just, he just blocks that out and is putting more sort of, like, generic happy things about his fans and his music and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I can see how he got that. Um, another thing about Harry this week is he was featured in Vogue um, for his clothing style, and they did um, a 20 uh, outfits lookbook spread um, that had a whole bunch of his outfits he's worn, and they like dated back through a couple years, so it wasn't just recent outfits, um, but 20 of his best style looks, and I went through them, and it brought back good memories of different um, <laughs> outfits he's worn. And they talked about how um, how many offers he gets from designers and people who just want him to wear their clothes. And it really, like, makes me realize that, like, he must get so many people, like, asking him to wear the clothes or, like, sending clothes to his house. Because um, I know even just, like, YouTubers who are not as big as a celebrity as Harry Styles um, get tons of offers like that and, yeah. like, bloggers and stuff. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I thought that was 
really cool that he was featured in Vogue. I think he's, like, more and more being recognized as a style icon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also saw a an article talking it wasn't like completely confirmed but just talking about what harry does with all the extra clothing he gets sent and he apparently donated donates it to charity um and i can obviously understand that um harry would do that and i i'm sure most celebrities who get like tons of extra clothing just donate it to charities yeah um but if you know you're in you're in the london area and find like a goodwill with Saint Laurent or whatever. <laughs> it might be Harry Styles. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, but I thought that was cool. I wish I had people donating me expensive clothing. I know, me too. Um, yeah, so go look at those pretty pictures of Harold. Um, and then our one of our, no, not our last one. We have a couple more. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, <laughs> Zane, um, there was rumors that Zane is going to be solo debuting at the MOBO or M-O-B-O awards, um, which is an award, uh, it's like a concert award and ceremony that's Mm -hmm. dedicated to nurturing urban music, culture, and other creative talent. Um, So I could definitely see that being like up Zane's alley. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the person who was talking about this, the organizer of the awards, Kanye King, uh, when asked about Zane um, performing, said, yeah, yeah, who knows, who knows, you never know, anything can happen, we'll keep that a big surprise. So it sort of seemed like one of those vague avoidance statements where, like, they're not really allowed to confirm it, but it could be true. I mean, yeah. we've had these types of rumors in the past and they haven't been true, but yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, and it just, um, like, also, um, he probably wouldn't want to outright deny it because this, like, gives more hype to that um, that award show. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It could so. just be, like, a ploy to get more promotion for the award show. Yeah. Um, but do you know when that is, the award show? Um, so the award show is on November 4th, um, and it's at the Leeds First Direct Arena. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. I, I guess we'll be... We'll probably find out more information as we get closer. Um, yeah. But it actually... It stands for Music of Black Origin. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'll be interested to see, because that seems like something Zane would like to participate in. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because it's also near to when One Direction's releasing their album, so I feel like that'd be really mm-hmm. intriguing if they if he like debuts as a solo artist like basically like a week before One Direction drops their album. Yeah, that's weird. I didn't think about that. Yeah, that I wonder how that plays into like promotion techniques as well. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another Zayn story this week was um, an artist on Twitter uh, at Akai underscore anyway, who I followed for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, She does a lot of One Direction fan art, and she's very talented. Um, She posted sort of this, like, sketch work in progress of Zayn and Louie. Um, I think it's, like, Zayn's cuddling Louie from behind or something, something cute. Um, And Zayn actually favorited the tweet uh, so, like, all the fans blew up going, like, oh, my God, like, is Zooey real? Like, what's going on? <laughs> <Zooey> real. Uh, <laughs> because in the past, it seems like 
like from everything that's happened with Zane leaving the band that Zane and Louie are not really friends. And I'm just trying to like now he favorites this picture that's obviously of him and Louie um, together that like, is this just sort of like his way of trying to reach out to Louie and try to like reconnect that? Or are they already friends? Have they already like sorted out their differences? And like, how does, does, I mean, I'm sure Louie found out. You can't not know if you're on Twitter, but like, how does he feel about it? What do you think? I think that it might, it doesn't seem like it's reciprocated because um, I just remember like when Drag Me Down came out and Zane tweeted like oh love the new single like so proud of my boys or whatever like no one interacted with that tweet no one favored it no one retweeted it as in like the boys like obviously a bunch of fans did mm-hmm. but um and yeah. I feel like if it was there were there were no hard feelings um in terms of One Direction feeling to Zane, um they would have interacted at least a little bit publicly because there's like no reason not to you know what I mean like there's no reason like to pretend like yeah. there's a feud and it's only Zane like trying um, to, like, reconnect with them. Like, there's no reason to. So I just feel like yeah. as much as I would love for Zane and Louis to be, like, on good terms and, like, in general, like, One Direction to be on good terms with Zane, like, I don't know how, like, true it is. And it makes me really sad, but uh, I don't know. I wish that Zane was just, like, freaking... I mean, not that I know if he didn't or not, but I, I hope that Zane, like, actually tries to connect with him and not just, like, favoriting tweets and, like, things like that and just, like, mm-hmm. sending out, like, sort of vague... Um, tweets out into the universe because I feel like you know he should try to connect with them yeah I agree with you I don't think this means that their friendship is all fixed especially with what we talked about on last episode with some of the things that we think we disagree with Zane posting on Instagram of him with another girl when he's recently um, separated from his fiance and One Direction has been more close to Little Mix in the past. Yeah. I mean, like in the, in the like recent months. Yeah. So I think that's just another, um, sort of indicator that Zooey is not necessarily alive. <laughs> Caitlin um, wrote in this doc, she's like, is it alive or is it dead? <laughs> like, that is the most intense way to phrase it. <laughs> so true though. It really Those is. Those are the real questions. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll just be interested to see how this continues to play out. Yeah, it honestly is like um, a soap opera, and it is we're One just Direction is a soap in. opera. It really has been. It's yeah. a whirl whirlwind, if anything. Yeah. Um, okay, more positive Louis news is that he's been confirmed for judges' houses with Simon on X Factor. So for people who don't watch X Factor um, or who don't know about this, when um, when contestants go to judges' houses, which is, like, after um, different... Uh, it's sort of, like, a, a couple steps down the way in the audition process. Um, usually the judge has a, a guest judge to help them with the decision-making on who's going to go through to the live shows. Um, and Simon has chosen Louie to be his guest judge for that. Um, and I'm just super excited for this because I've actually been keeping up with X Factor UK this year, which I've never done um, but I sort of, like, knew that Louis like, watches it and would be interested, and I wanted to follow it, and I, like, like Simon, and I like Nick Grimshaw, so I wanted to watch it. And I'm really happy that I did, because this is such exciting news. Yeah. Uh, do you think he's going to do a good job for this? Yeah, and I think, because, like, we've talked about it before, like, how he just, like, really does have the making to be a judge, um, and that he mm-hmm. knows, like, the inner workings of, like, what it takes to be, you know, famous in the music industry. So I think... 
like anyway it's gonna be like entertaining like no matter what like if he doesn't yeah. like you know like find the next like big star or whatever but like it's gonna be entertaining for like us and probably like it's really fun for him to like go back to his roots you know and just like it's yeah. it's so crazy because he could be like the determining factor like well one of the yeah. determining factors for like someone getting through and I think his history with X Factor makes him really like sympathetic or empathetic. Mm-hmm. I never know which one it is. Yeah. Um, with like the contestants, and he really like feels for them, um, which will be cool to see. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I also wonder how like him being on it will affect ratings. Yeah. Because I would, I know like there's been a whole bunch of like controversy with X Factor UK ratings this year, like not being as good as they want them to be. Um, and they're, like, trying different techniques to boost ratings. So I wonder if this is just, like, one of those ways to boost ratings. Or is it also, like, uh, a plan to sort of integrate Louis mm. more into the X Factor community because he there's, like, been rumors that he's going to be a judge next year. Yeah, and I think this, know? like, this um, made it seem like that actually is a much greater possibility. Like, that's actually a real like thing not just a rumor yeah i really really think it yeah it's gonna happen like mm-hmm. i have high hopes me too it's not something that i don't think like i'm more more swayed to think that it will happen yeah which is awesome i know i'm so excited um, me too um so yeah start watching x factor kara you should watch it seriously i know i really should i have... it's so entertaining yeah and like i don't like tv shows like i barely watch anything mm-hmm. but uh this one like i find it just so like nice to go and watch uh, and there's two episodes usually every week, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, and then our last news story today is about the children's book we talked about a while ago now um, called The Curious Tale of Fee Rex, which is about a girl who's half dinosaur, half girl. Um, and it's a it's a children's book that's going to be sold to raise money for the children in need charity. Um, and a whole bunch of celebrities have gotten in on, like, helping write the book. I don't know how much they actually write it, but um, people like Nick Grimshaw, Kate Moss, Tom Daly, um, Andy Murray, who Tom Daly just got engaged or something. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. He's he's 21. I can't even. Like, oh, is he really? Only 21? He's 21, and his partner's 41. <laughs> Whoa, I didn't realize their age is so much. Wow. Well, good for him, though. I know. But, yeah, he's got engaged, so that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, side note, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I don't know, there's this video that I watched, uh, from Sugarscape that is sort of a reading of the children's book, and I'm not sure if they read every page or, like, some of the pages, um, but it doesn't really seem to make sense to me, like, the, the plot, like, jumps all around, and I don't know if that's because, like, each, like, famous like group of people like wrote stuff and it didn't really connect or yeah. if they're like missing pages or something but the story the plot made no sense to me um but one direction's page it was kind of cute and it had to do with frogs and there was like harry as a frog and we know like harry as a frog is a classic sort of symbol in our fandom <laughs> um so it was classic like motif. Our, it was our dreams come to life yes. pretty much yeah and didn't um, they call it like pond direction yeah, something like that. Which isn't really a pun, um, but, like, they tried to make it work, and I was like, that's cute. Like, yeah. good for you. Yeah. So I'll be uh, interested to see how that, that book sells and if other people understand it, because, you know, I didn't really understand the story there. <laughs> I wonder if, like, One Direction knows about, like, the fandom joke that, like, Harry is, like, a frog. Like, I, I, I think he must. must. People bring signs to the thing. Like, yeah. you've got to see on Twitter. Like, what we see, I'm sure they see a lot of it, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. 
I hope they know. Harold as a frog is just classic. It's just so true. It's just so real. Yep, our little frog son. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let's jump into the main discussion of this episode, which is fandom part two. Um, last week we talked a lot about um, fan fiction and fan art and like what the fandom means to us and why it's empowered. And we're just sort of going to continue that um, this week. One thing I wanted to mention about fan fiction that I forgot to say last show is that another whole segment of fan fiction is podfic, which is um, people who uh, will record themselves reading other people's work or their own works um, and like make it so that it's sort of like an audiobook of the fan fiction. And um, I find these so awesome to listen to because it's just like, it's just like an audiobook. And sometimes like you're walking around or cleaning or whatever, and it's just something nice to listen to. So I just wanted to throw that in. Mm. I forgot it's a good uh, um, showing of the the community and like working together of different people, uh, writers and podfickers like working together. Yeah. Um, and we have someone gonna... um, who uh, does podfic who wrote in that we're going to be talking about later. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get to everyone's people that wrote in, and uh, I've been she's I've been following her for a while as well. Mm-hmm. So we'll get to that. Um, but first, we're going to talk about projects and charities that the One Direction fandom are involved in, and it's going to start off with Rainbow Direction. So Kara, why don't you start us off? Okay, so I think we talked about Rainbow Direction pretty much, like, every single episode for, like, the past, like, seven episodes, but, like, we love it so much, and I think it's, like, Mm -hmm. such a great organization, so I'm just gonna, like, briefly go over it, um, because I think we've described it in the past, um, but basically, it's a fan-run organization with a mission to create a welcoming and inclusive LGBTQ plus space in the 1D fandom, um, on the internet, in concerts, and everywhere in between, and I think they really do a good job of just making people feel included, and, um, I really do think they have done, like, great work with just, um, Mm -hmm. just, you know, like, making, like, anti-bullying things and making people feel like they have a safe space to talk to, or, like, a place to, you know, express themselves and everything. Yeah. Um, and then... Project No Control, again, same thing. We've discussed this about a jillion times. (laughs) Um, But it doesn't hurt to say it again because recognizing what this fandom does is important because the fandom is awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, But Project No Control was sort of a fan release of One Direction song No Control. They were releasing it as a single. And I think it was really important for uh, this song especially because... This had sort of just come after Naughty Boy, who is this DJ producer guy that, I don't know. If you don't know who he is, don't bother, because he's not worth knowing. But um, (laughs) uh, he said some really mean things about Louis' voice and how it wasn't good enough and all this. And so Louis' the lead on No Control. He leads the chorus and the vocals. Um, So this came right after that. Uh, the fans releasing as a single, which sort of, like, I think probably it's part of why we chose this song, and then also just because everyone liked No Control, but it was, like, a good retaliation to show, like, Naughty Boy, you're you're not even, your opinions are invalid, Um, and not that we should invalidate people's opinions, but... (laughs) 
<laughs> then, like, also fans were just, like, organizing themselves to contact radio stations worldwide. Um, they were buying, they were rebuying the songs or gifting the songs to other people who couldn't afford it. Um, and the song made its way up on the iTunes chart. I don't think it ever reached top 10, but it definitely was making its way up there. And it become became, like, the Billboard trending song for multiple days. And, like, even now, sometimes I see No Control, like, jumping up there in a trending song on Billboard. Um, and there were different, like, polls about songs of the summer, uh, and there were, uh, there was a specific poll, I think, on Billboard about, like, um, voting for the song of the summer, and there was a place to write in your response, and One Direction fans all wrote in No Control, and it got, like, it blew up as, like, the biggest one, uh, in the list. Tons of fans were writing in No Control, which was totally awesome. Um, so, it won that for Song of the Summer, um. And I think it's just really cool that it is completely done by fans. It was planned out by fans. One Direction had no part in it. Like, yeah, Louis responded on Twitter and he talked a lot about it, which was great. Um, but it was really started by fans, which I just think is so impressive. Yeah, um, and I feel and like to get this it to be is, so big, we're like start of fan run, not run projects, but I feel like this was like the fan promotion like um, start. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. now we've seen it with like, Infinity Day and, like, things like that. I think um, One Direction might have been behind that. I'm not sure, but I remember Drag Me Down Day, I know, was fan run. And then, Mm -hmm. and now this um, Made in the AM promo team, um, I think this is, like, sort of um, following this, and I think it's really cool because it just shows, like, um, that these projects can continue because fans are still, like, they're not, like, giving up after, like, one thing. Like, they have all these different goals that they want to reach, which I think is just so cool. Yeah, and I think it was also, like, a realization by the fans themselves that they did have this power and this ability to, um, like, make things happen that they want to see happen. Yeah. Which is is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, I don't know if we're ever going to talk about the whole James Corden interview. I think that would be fun to discuss one time because it was just an awesome interview uh, that One Direction did with James Corden, but they did talk about the No Control project on it, and it was, Louis just seems so proud of the fandom, and yeah, um, it was nice to see that it got, garnered that much attention, where James Corden was like, fans would kill me if I didn't discuss the No Control project, because, like, <laughs> everyone knew about it, yeah. you know, like, tons of, like, newspapers were writing about it, and, like, all this media was talking about it, which is just... And it, it put the fandom in a really positive light mm-hmm. when a lot of times the One Direction fandom isn't. So um, that was definitely a bonus to the No Control Project. Um, For sure. And then we had a listener who is at Stylerhead or um, Bettina, Bettina on Twitter um, talk about uh, her favorite part of the fandom. And she said... Um, I think my all-time favorite thing has to be the concert projects. Uh, I went to Take Me Home, where we did a Bring a Heart and Flashlight during Little Things and On the Road Again, where we had a massive balloon party during No Control. So much fun. I love how fans come together to do some special, something special for the boys. Um, which, yeah, I love the, I love the concert projects that happen, like, during the actual concerts yeah. that, like, fans organize. And we talked about what happened at our concert. Go listen to that episode if you haven't. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I totally agree when, like, just the fans coming together and, like, doing things special for the boys. Like, No Control Project was sort of in a way for Louie as yeah. well. Um, I just think it's it really a great way to show appreciation. 
um, mm-hmm. for the fans. Um, and do you want to talk about the next one, Kara? Sure. Okay. So also, I think we've talked about this before, 1D fans give. Um, but I don't think we got into, like, specific numbers, and they're really impressive, so I want to, like, you know, highlight them. Um, so for each of the boys, they have, um, different birthday fundraisers, um, and, um, I think this has been happening for the past, I want to say maybe two years, I think, at least, maybe the past year, and, um, so far, 1D Fans Give has raised more than $104,000 um, for charities such as Bluebell, Woods, um, Children's Hospice, Believe in Magic, the British Asian, Tr- Asian Trust, um, London Lesbian and Gay Switchboard, um, and just a bunch of different other charities. So it wasn't just, like, one charity. They're, like, spreading out their mm-hmm. um, the money f- to so many different charities, and I think they specifically picked some charities for the different boys um that they thought the boy would like want um or just like Mm -hmm. fit the personality like I know uh for um for Niall they chose one that had to do with um autism assistance dogs and it was it's based in Ireland so um and obviously Niall's Irish so I think it's just like really cool that like this is One Direction fans like giving their money um to just help out charities and in like the boys honor I think that's like absolutely something that they, um that the boys like love to see yeah I think this is just crazy how much money fans are able to raise and to like put these all together and and the people who lead these charities uh and and the funding is just incredible because like you know these people like we said some of them are like 13 putting these together and raising that much money you know corporations raise this type of money uh like actual what are they called boards of like different company boards raise this type of money um but here you have like young fans doing it which is just really uh inspirational i would say yeah um and just like think about like how much like that's helped all those charities like that's so cool mm-hmm. yeah um okay now we're gonna move on and talk about friendship in the fandom is th- and this is really where our listeners come in with their stories um, because Kara and I obviously have, uh, found friendship in the fandom with each other, <laughs> and we've definitely met people, um, uh, in the fandom who we've connected with, especially through this podcast. Yeah, definitely. Um, but we want to talk about everyone else's. Do you want to, um, how has friendship in the fandom been for you in general, Kara? Um, well, I would say that, um... Well, me and Caitlin have been friends since we were, like, what, 12, 13? Yeah. And I think we've, like, discussed yeah, this. 11, maybe? I don't oh even know. Oh, my God. We... Seventh grade. <laughs> yeah, wow. Just, like, a, it was a school camping trip that really brought us together and um, yep. just, you know, bonded us for life, really. Um, but I think I that... I can't believe we were that little. I know. We were literally infants. Like, we were literally straight out the womb. Like, I'm so uncomfortable thinking about how young we That's were. Crazy. That's so crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, and really looking back on those pictures, you can just... Wow, but we have some really <laughs> we have some real gems. Let me tell you. Um, but uh, so what I'm trying to say is that like me and Caitlin were friends, but then um, along the way, like different fandoms have brought us closer because it just brought us something to talk about. And just like I think that when you have a bond with someone over something you love, like that's like the purest and like best kind of bond mm-hmm. you can have. Because I think that a lot of times people say like. Um, 
like nothing stronger than like a uh, like a mutual hatred but I think that's like mm-hmm. what, while that's true that is a pretty strong bond but it's like so negative and I think like um yeah. loving something like the same way as another person I think that's like so I think that's like just like a you know making for a beautiful friendship and um I think that's like why fandom friendship is so strong and actually I just mm-hmm. realized that um I have another like fandom sort of story um uh, in freshman year of college, um, my birthday, uh, for my birthday, my friend Isabel, she put on my wall, or on my door of my dorm room, all these pictures of, like, different celebrities I liked. She put a bunch of, um, Harry Styles. She put Alex Turner, I think Ed Sheeran, I think Aaron Paul, um, I'm trying to think. I think she just put a lot of One Direction, let's just say that, um, and a lot of other Mm -hmm. people, and I think some dogs. Anyway, um, and, um, the people that I became friends with, like, later down the line, like, the second semester of my freshman year, um, who lived in my hallway, they said, who are, like, now my best friends, like, um, they're, uh, they said, um, that they remember, like, seeing those pictures on my, on my, um, door of, like, Harry and, like, all the other One Direction boys and being, like, wow, like, she likes One Direction, too. I want to be, like, become friends with her because they liked One Direction, too. And, um, mm-hmm. so just, like, cool, because then we actually did end up bonding, like, over One Direction, and, um, I feel like usually, um, I don't know, I didn't expect that to really happen, um, in college, mm-hmm. but I think it's, like, really cool, because it really isn't just, like, a isolated thing, like, so many more people like One Direction than you would think. Yeah, and, and I know one of our listeners has talked to us about, she's a freshman in college, mm-hmm. um, and she's talked about... Uh, how some people on her hall, I think we're playing Infinity um, or something, and she heard it, and, like, there was there was some mutual understanding there. And I think that's what it really comes down to, like, being able to just automatically sort of understand each other mm-hmm. on a different level um, through the fandom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So let's jump in to some of our listeners' feedback about friendship. Um our first write-in is from uh, at Niall and me for, like, the number, uh, Life on Twitter. And they said, I love the fandom. It was the best thing that has happened. I met people from the opposite side of the world. I am from America. I met sisters, not friends. We still talk and we'll always keep in touch. I love all the people I follow from Japan to Paris. Um, and I thought this was such a good response. I know. Uh, I know you tweeted about it, Kara. Yeah, I love the line, I met sisters, not friends. I think that's, like, just so beautiful. <laughs> I just love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I, like, even just through the podcast and, like, the listeners that we communicate with a lot, like, I feel like that's not going to just stop, you know? I think yeah. that's something that's going to continue going on. Uh for a long time because you do you do meet friends and really close friends and you understand each other and and what they said about like people from the opposite side of the world uh I just I think it's so incredible like how uh it's just such a diverse group of people in the fandom and like you can have people from Brazil and Germany and like all these different countries like coming together and because of social media they're able to interact and, and that's not, like, a normal way of life. You don't usually start interacting with people from a whole other different country. Yeah. Um, but in the fandom, you can, which is awesome. Yeah. 
Um, I just like wanted to jump in and just this reminded me of something that my friend, um, she was a, a big Jonas Brothers fan back in the day. I forget if I talked about this in the podcast. I'm sorry if I have, but um, she used to like go on like one, uh, not One Direction, Jonas Brothers like messaging boards when she was like in middle school and stuff. And she like made a friend there <laughs> and they like still keep in contact to like this day. And I think the That's friend crazy. was like from a whole different state or maybe from Canada, but um, I just know that they've, like, met and, like, hung out in person and, like, actually, like, still keep in contact. So, like, that's from, like, middle school. So, um, mm-hmm. these, that's crazy. yeah, like, these fandoms, I mean, these friendships, like, go beyond just, like, just the fandom. And I think that's I know. so cool. I feel like I want to be, like, with our listeners, like, I want to, like, meet up and, like, go out and, like, hang out and go to concerts together. Yeah. Like, it's so cool. Yeah. It's like, we want to make, like, take that next step in the friendship where you're, like... <laughs> Not just on Twitter, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, do you want to read our next write-in? Sure. So this one is from Liam's QAF, or He Took a Chance, which Chance will <laughs> never get old to me. Like my, It gets me every time. It literally like, does. Really? Um, my friends have uh, taken, or like my friend Lily, she loves it so much. Like every time anyone says it, she'll laugh for like five minutes straight. And like she sends me like whenever she'll see the word chance, or not chance, oh my god. When she sees the word chance um, <laughs> in uh, like a textbook or something, she'll like put an O over the A and like send it to me like on Snapchat. I'm just like, yes, like she so gets great. it. Um, anyway. Yep. Okay, so um, they said, two years ago, Anam, I hope I'm saying that right, was a stranger at school, then we got paired in class, and we had one D in common, and today we're BFFs. Um, and I think that's really great, and I think that's so cool. Like, two years ago, like, that you guys, you guys been friends because of this. Like, that's so cool. Yeah, and it could have been, like, one of those awkward situations where, like, you're pa- paired with, like, a random person mm-hmm. that you don't know in class for, like, a group project. And then, oh my god, we both like 1D? Okay, perfect match. Like, yes. Let's be best friends forever. Yeah, um, I remember... Just, like, um, automatically so much to talk exactly. about. Exactly. It just, like, gives you, like, two years or more, like, of things to talk about, you know? Um, yeah. But I just remember um, during one of those, like, weird icebreaker type things during freshman orientation for college, um, it was, like... I hate those things, but whatever. It wasn't as bad as I expected. Um, and during mm-hmm. one of them, we had to, like, go up to people and, like um talk just like I don't even remember what it was we just had to like make a conversation and somehow me and this girl like got to talking about One Direction and like it just like made like my whole day and like we were just able to talk and like that was probably one of the best conversations I had at that weird icebreaker thing um so it's just like so fun to just like meet random people and just like Mm -hmm. realize that you have the connection with them yeah definitely um okay our next listener P House 1964 or Patty um, on Twitter, wrote um, that the cool thing that she likes about the One Direction fandom is that uh, she says, I am well over 18. This is my favorite thing about the fandom. It literally encompasses everyone. Um, and we've definitely talked about how, like, the fandom ranges in age from, like, young, young girls, like, little 13 or people, uh, 13-year-olds to, like, mothers, adults, like, mm-hmm. grown-ups. Um, which is really cool, and uh, I think it's really important to recognize this and that, you know, people are accepting and, like, you can bond over something no matter what your age is. Um, yeah, for sure. Because you still get it. You still get it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
All right, Kara, do you want to read our next write-in? Sure. So this is more of just like a general write-ins about just different topics about the fandom um, that we couldn't fit into like, you know, a category. So we just put them all in this beautiful mix. Um, so the first one comes <laughs> from Sarah Marie 67 on Tumblr, I think. Maybe, maybe it was, yeah, I think, okay, I think it was Tumblr, okay. And she said, one of the things I love about the 1D fandom is how anyone can contribute, even if it's not art or fanfic. I'm a co-owner of the Twitter account at literary underscore Harry, and it's so wonderful that I can share my love of books and Harry Styles at the same time. I really like the segment you did last episode, oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> um, um, so, yeah, I think that's really, that is a really great point, because there are just so many different, like, fan um like projects that aren't just like the typical things that you think of like when you think of like um fan art or anything it's just like mm -hmm. there are just like so many different like there's like 1d twitter accounts like of all different types and I think it is actually so cool and like, even this podcast like I've never been like involved involved in fandom like in this like I've never been like making something and like putting it out there um mm -hmm. and I never thought I would be actually but it's like really cool um that they're just like Honestly, you can get involved in, like, any way you want, and you can, like, put your passions and, like, combine it to One Direction, and I think that's so cool. Yeah. There's literally anything. I'm sure there's, like, a Twitter account about, like, One Direction and Pokemon, or, like... Oh, yeah. One I know I've seen, like, like, you know, there's obviously fashion and stuff, but, like, it'll, it'll be even more specific, like, One Direction accessories, or yeah. One Direction, like, we, she said, books. Yeah. And just, there's so many different routes you can take, where it's, like, maybe something you're more specialized in, mm -hmm. or, like, have a real passion about, and then somehow connecting it to One Direction. Like, not only, not only is that entertaining, but also it, like, it really is a good way to, like, inspire people to get involved in different things, like, reading and picking up a book and doing other things like that yeah um which is good mm -hmm. um our next write-in is from real puppy liam on tumblr who said my roommate actually got me into 1d because she would constantly talk about them and the fandom i pretty much pretty much went from zero exposure to full exposure <laughs> in the span of like a month no regrets though because i found so many cool people and things through the fan this fandom like your show for example oh um, and not to mention the best AU of all time, Parks and Direction, combining two of my favorite things. Thank you, fandom. I um, love Parks I love and Direction. <laughs> What's Parks and Direction? Okay, um, so it's this Tumblr who takes screenshots of um, Parks... No, no. They take screenshots of, like, One Direction interviews and overlay it with um, quotes from Parks and Rec, and it's just, like, oh, so funny. That. Yeah, it's honestly one of the that. funniest things. Parks and Rec is probably my favorite show of all time, and obviously I love One Direction, mm. so, like, they, like, slightly change the words so it, like, says the boys' names instead of, like, the characters' names, but, like, I will definitely link mm -hmm. that because please go check it out if you like Parks and Rec, and even if you don't like Parks and Rec, I think you should go check it out, and then maybe you'll want to walk to Parks and Rec, and I highly recommend Parks and Rec. Jesus, how many times am I going to say that word? Um, but, um, <laughs> Because it's just honestly sunshine in a show, and the first season, I'm sorry, but you can skip over it. It's not the best, but if, if stick through it if you um, don't like the first season, because you'll love it after once you get to the second season. Okay, anyway, um, back to One <laughs> Direction. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's cool that she said the she went from zero exposure to full exposure. Yes. I guess that's like when she moved in with her roommate or mm -hmm. something in college. I guess I'm not sure, but I totally understand that because uh, my roommate like when I freshman year when I moved in like she was not like a One Direction person but like with the album coming out she like learned to like listen to the songs and she would find herself like 
like absent-mindedly like singing the songs to herself and stuff and oh I just God. felt very proud I mean she's not a huge like fan whatever she didn't get to become like a really big fan but uh I definitely uh interspersed her life with a little bit more One Direction <laughs> which can't be a bad thing to be honest yeah I really can't um okay and then our next write-in is from the pod ficker we were talking about earlier um of Just Imagine on Tumblr uh, and she's also one of Just Imagine on Archive of Our Own as well. Uh, she says, Hi, ladies. Here's a soppy fandom story to go along with your fandom episode. I've been in fandom since 2004 and fell into the world of 1D in late 2012. Hey, that's when I came to yeah. it. Um, right after I left school to take an internship and it was really lonely time. My hours were terrible and I didn't have any friends and I spent most of my days online. But 1D Fandom was always there to provide me with support and caps lock. Um, Most memorable, the 2013 Miami yacht incident, which I laid on my floor for hours screaming about and frantically tweeting everyone I knew. Yes. It was around that time that I decided that I wanted to get involved with the fandom as well and and give back to this lovely community that I had surrounded myself with. So I started making Podfic, something I continue to enjoy doing to this day. After I moved back to school, I had really hard time medically and had to drop out. It felt like everyone in my real life was judging me or didn't care, but everyone online was extraordinarily thoughtful and kind. They took care of me when I couldn't take care of myself, and watching One Direction themselves gave me a purpose and put a smile on my face on the days when it was hardest. I'm still recovering, and some days are really terrible, but I know there's a support network behind me, always willing to pick me up with the slightest conversation about Louis' face. I'm having a hard time with the news that 1D is taking a break because they've been beside me for over the last three years when everything was at its worst. But it's nice to know that the friends I've made and the people I've interacted with through One Direction are still going to be around and kicking just in case I need some help again. Thank you also for making the podcast as I don't get to see my online friends that often. And listening to you guys feels like I, I'm surrounded by them once again. Um, I think this is just such an inspiring story. I know. Oh, I'm like a little bit out of breath after that. Kara, do you want to respond while yeah. I catch my breath? <laughs> um, so I think we got this sent in um, kind of a while ago, but I remember reading it first and like tearing up um, just because I think mm-hmm. it's very relatable. Um, especially, I know I had, uh, I was having a really hard time in high school too, or I'm not sure if you were in high school, but I was in high school when I was first getting into One Direction and I uh, very much relate to all of this. And I think that like, one Direction was just, like, a source of, um, like, solace, and, like, you just felt safe and comfortable, and, like, if you were sad, you could just, like, look on Tumblr, look on, like, YouTube, um, or at least I did, and I think that it really is just, like, I don't know, I think it's not just a trivial thing, I think it really does help people, um, and I think this is probably a very, uh, common story, I think that a lot of people probably, um, you know, have found, like, strength in the One Direction fandom, and I think it's, like, really awesome. Yeah, and I like that she maps out that it's a combination of things that help, like, it's just, like, the online in general thing, seeing funny things about Louis' face on Tumblr, Mm. but then also, like, the support she's garnered from her friends, and then also just the boys in general, Yeah, you know? Like, it's a combination of so many things that provide you like with this solace you said yeah it's just I don't know it's so true I know um, and, and I, I love that she knows like 
even when One Direction takes a break, and I feel this too, like there's still going to be the community out there. You know, we're still going to be doing this podcast. Um, mm-hmm. There's still going to be people interested in One Direction and interested in the boys' lives and people that you want to stay friends with. Yeah. You know, because you've been through things. Once you've been through different things with people, you stay friends, you know? Yeah. And I really feel like One um, Direction, the One, One Direction fandom has been through a lot together, so... Oh, definitely. Yeah, and definitely. not even just in One Direction fandom. It's, like, in their own personal lives, too, and then you connect with that. And then mm-hmm. um, I just think – and also, oh, yeah, that's what I want to do. I wanted to talk about the fact that she's worried about, like, One Direction breaking up and, like, what, what like, just being sort of afraid for, like, what's going to happen. Um, and I, like, definitely mm-hmm. relate to that because I think me and Caitlin talked about it. Just, like, sort of, like, a constant in our lives, and I feel like um, yeah. when it's not – there like in the exact same way it's been for like four years five years um uh it's just gonna be kind of different but I feel like um like you said it's not just gonna go away like we're not gonna like just stop liking them so I think that Mm -hmm. um like the boys will still be around and like you know we'll like track their own unique um careers and just what they're doing and you know we'll still have the old old times to look back on yeah, exactly. Um, I think I think that she just did such a nice job of talking about that. Yeah. Um, and and everyone really, if you're into podfic, like I said, uh, she she's my favorite podficker, I guess. Or she has so much content and different stories, and it, it's nice to read stories. But like hearing, um, I think it's even cooler sometimes to hear uh someone else who's in the fandom their interpretation of different uh fan fictions and how they like characterize and put on voices and i know she does such an incredible job of really like having distinct voices for each of the characters and you know talking through dialogue really well so um if you're looking for a new way to ingest one direction uh that sounds kind of weird (laughs) but (laughs) go, go check out her uh, pod fic. I wasn't sure. sure if you said ingest and <laughs> I did. I did say ingest. I, I really like, liked that's that. That's a phrase people use, right? Like I feel like that's a phrase. I don't literally mean go like eat one direction, <laughs> but <laughs> we don't promote cannibalism yeah. here on Talk Direction. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. But yeah, I um, think I need to go check her out because Caitlin has talked about her a lot, so um that's yeah. on my list of things that I have to do. Yeah, oh my gosh, I send Kara so many different things that she needs to read or, like, listen to Uh, and all this stuff. I know, I'm, like, the worst at that. Yeah. Um, That's okay. And it's, like, that time of semester where, like, everything's going crazy and I have to have my study abroad application due this Wednesday. And I've been working on it for, like, I know, I literally did not know it was due this early. And I've just learned about the program probably, like, five days ago. So it's it's a fun time, you know? Just have a great time. Anyway. Very nice. Let's move on. Um, Okay, so let's move on to what we've discovered thanks to the One Direction fandom. Because I think, like, the One Direction fandom, it just, like, spurs off into so many different other things. um, And, like, leads you to learn about a whole bunch of other things Mm -hmm. besides One Direction. Um, What have been some key things that you've learned about or discovered because of the One Direction fandom. Okay, I don't think this is going to be a comprehensive list because maybe, like, some things I don't even, like, remember that One Direction got me into it or, like, the One Direction fandom, but I just, like, made a list of some of the music artists, like, the artists that I've 
like found out because of either their being friends with One Direction or like just uh, One Direction is sweet about them. Um, so I'll just like name a few. Um, so I think one of the first ones was definitely Ed Sheeran. And back in like, totally. yeah, back in like 2012, when I was first getting into One Direction, like he wasn't really big in America at all. And I think, mm-hmm. um, I don't even think his album had come out that time, but I just remember, um, One Direction was definitely like heavily, like public about their friendship with him. And they were just like, you know, he wrote songs for them and I didn't know about him. Um, but then I like, got into him there, and then I showed Caitlyn him, and then, like, he eventually like, blew up. Um, so that was really cool to, like, hear about him through them. Um, and, like... N- yeah, I know, like... What? No, go ahead. I I know for me, like, I... He, Ed Sheeran had, like, the free downloadable song on iTunes, and I had gotten that or something, and then Kara was telling me, like, oh, you should listen to more of his music, uh, and then I did, and then because of his connections with one direction it, it became like more in more of an incentive to listen to him mm-hmm. and he's you know one of my favorite artists uh ever mm-hmm. so um uh, yeah i feel so happy that um i was able to get into him from one direction yeah um and then also little mix because i found out of them because zane used to be engaged to perry who's in little mix um mm-hmm. and and just the fact that they're under the same label yeah that, and like that's both true x factor and all those different types of connections as well yeah um and i remember they only had wings out at the time but i really loved it and i just love their i still love their sound like wow their new music video and new song like i just really love love me like you you should definitely check it out because i'm trying to get like all my friends into them um, just, I think they just have a great sound and they're super, super, super talented. Um, mm-hmm. I just love them so much. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm so happy that I like found out about them because I love girl groups. Um, uh, yeah. So that was great. Mm-hmm. Um, so another one is Ben Howard and he is like an indie music artist, um, Oh, God. I, like, am the worst at, like, knowing, like, what genre people are in, but he's just very, like... (laughs) There's so much crossover these days. Yeah, I don't even, like, know what indie is. I just, I don't even know. Like, um... Me either. Anyone who just, like, uses a guitar is just, like, indie, I guess. Like, in some people's Mm -hmm. eyes and my eyes, I guess. Anyway, um, so Ben Howard is just, like, a very chill and, like, type sound. I think you should, like, definitely check him out. I think... He's, like, good for studying. Yeah. Oh, have you listened to him? Yeah. Yes. I, like, don't know his music too well, but I know, like, I've listened to him while I've studied before. Yeah, because Louis, I think I knew about him, like, briefly or, like, a little bit, um, but then, like, Louis started tweeting about him, like, back in the day. I think it was, like, 2013, 2012, and so I got more into him, and, like, he's just, like, a really, he just, like, has a really calming, cool sound, and it's very, like, very fall-esque, so it's, like, perfect for, you know, October. Mm-hmm. Um... Okay, also Arctic Monkeys, I think I've talked about them before. Harry said, like, back in the day that, like, the Arctic Monkeys, or Arctic Monkeys' first album was, like, his favorite album of all time, and I've been meaning to get into them, and then I did, and, like, for, like, three years, like, they've been one of my favorite bands, and I saw them this February, and it was really great, and I'm sure, like, most people have heard of them and listened to them, but they're they're a great band, so um, I was just glad Mm -hmm. that Harry gave me, like, that final push to, like, look into them. 
Um, mm-hmm. And finally, Fifth Harmony. Um, I love them. They're another girl group, and they um, were on the X Factor US, who which isn't around anymore. I think it got canceled a couple of years ago, but um, they're they're really great. They're really also talented. Um, so I'm glad that I think that they're um, they're on the same record label that One Direction is too. So they sometimes like tweet about each other, or One Direction tweets about them mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So. Um, that's cool. And also, one of the girls, Camila, um, was a huge One Direction fan even before going on The X Factor. And, like, that's the reason, like, I've seen, like, on her Tumblr or something, that was, like, the reason why she, like, chose X Factor over, like, American Idol because she, like, wanted to meet One Direction. And I just feel like it's so cool because, like, she knows what it's like to be on the other side of fandom. And I've never really seen that in a famous person. Um, yeah. And I think that's just, like, so cool because, like, they're all just, like, very intelligent um, people. Um and just, like, really yeah. well-spoken and really well-informed about, like, social issues and stuff. They're, like, just, like, really great mm-hmm. famous people. Like, I'm so happy that they're famous. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. They're very well-informed mm-hmm. and they're they're wanting to make themselves knowledgeable about social issues so that they can be a good, uh, a good role model for their fans, yeah. which is super important in my eyes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely have had similar experiences with Ed Sheeran, Little Mix, Fifth Harmony. Um, I think just like the connection in the music world uh, is really great because artists are constantly like recommending artists that they've listened to or people that they've heard of. And I love to see that sort of support. Um, and I think for music wise, too, for me, just maybe not just the One Direction fandom, but like since I got into the One Direction fandom, I've been a lot more interested in the music industry in general mm-hmm. and, like, um, c- like how writers collaborate with producers and, like, looking into more of, like, the behind-the-scenes type of stuff um, and, like, finding out about how, like, sales go and, like, comparing how well different artists do and, like, I don't know, charting and all that type of stuff. Um, yeah. And I just, like, have – it just – I'm really interested in the music industry yeah. Um, I don't play any, like, <laughs> instruments or anything, and I don't sing, but um, I think definitely One Direction has influenced that a lot um, for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I know maybe not, like, me in particular, but uh, I think also people in the fandom, like, we talked about the Literary Harry Twitter account. I think people definitely do get inspired Um, to read different books, whether they've seen, like, a sketchy paparazzi photo of Harry, like, holding some type of book and then go off and read that book that he's read, or, like, uh, when they might, like, tweet a quote from some type of author. Uh, I think it definitely allows for um, people to get into different types of uh, books and reading, and then also artists, as in, like, actual, um, like, artist artists. I think the big thing I've seen is on, like, Tumblr. Um, I don't know, people talking about different types of up-and-coming artists um, on Tumblr or, or different artists that Harry... I think he collects paintings or something. Oh, Tracy um, Emin? That he's... Yeah, 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 that's what it is. Um, do you want to talk about that? Do you know more? Oh, yeah, so I think, like, Harry... I'm not sure... It was a couple years ago that he was seen, like, at an art gallery and, like, he was... Um, I think buying some pieces of Tracy Emin work, she's known for, um, well, a bunch of things, but one of them that you've probably seen on Tumblr, if you're on Tumblr, are the ones that are, like, neon writing, 
And um, mm-hmm. also there was a piece that was, I think it's called My Bed. It's it's pretty interesting. I think she ha- was going through depression and she um, didn't leave her bed for a while. So there was just like all these like food wrappers and like um, just like all this like garbage and trash like on her bed. And then she like used that and all the garbage around it and like um put that in a museum and just showed like what depression like looks like without a person in it and I think it was just like a very interesting take on that and I think it was I, I just remember learning about her in my art history class and thinking she was interesting and anyway Harry collected some of her art pieces and I think that it does it's cool because it inspires people to like look into like seeing what their celebrity favorites are like into and I think it definitely like ins- mm-hmm. like inspires me to look more into them too so I think it's it's cool yeah same have you been like uh have you read any books in particular because of One Direction or no um I'm trying to think I I'm not sure I want to do I want to see like all those books that like Harry's been like seen with and like read them um Mm -hmm. (laughs) just because I think that'd be interesting Mm -hmm. um but I haven't done that yet yeah, I don't think I've done books besides that uh, Fee Rex uh, <laughs> children's books we talked about. <laughs> but, um, oh, another artist I, I just remembered was um, McFly or McBusted. Uh, oh, yeah. The Busted and McBusted and now McFly. I, with, I don't know, I just, I started, I don't like follow their music that much, but I do follow um, Tom, uh, what's his last name? God. Tom Fletcher on mm. YouTube and sometimes watch his videos mm-hmm. and I follow them on Instagram. Him and his wife both sing. Um, so they got me into, uh, One Direction got me into them. Um, but what was I saying? Oh yeah. Um, also I think more like just reading in general, maybe not books, but I've, uh, definitely started following different types of online media. Um, most notably, uh, the debrief.uk, which Harry's sister writes for, um, which is um, sort of a, an online magazine article type thing that's aimed towards uh, women in their like mid 20s or like in throughout the 20s, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and I think they do such a good job of talking about really important issues that aren't talked about um, a lot because they're stigmatized in society. Um, and I think just being able to read that type of stuff through like being inspired by one direction um is really cool yeah I, uh, yeah and then oh no go ahead oh, I was just gonna say that I really like them and I think Caitlin once described them as like a sugarscape for like an older crowd and I think that's like a perfect description of it and I was actually mm-hmm. just reading a article of them from this uh this morning that was like how to be productive when you really don't feel like it and actually gave some good tips so I think it actually is a really great news source yeah I mean they talk about things like um uh like you know doing self-breast exams yeah. stuff that is imp- is important but they do it in a way that like reaches young people yeah you know because it's written by young people mm-hmm. I think and um, it just, like, connects, I don't know, it's such a good way to, like, get young people to talk about important issues because it's done in a way that is relatable, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a really cool connection that I've I've drawn from One Direction. And also just in general, like, makeup and beauty stuff, following uh, Lou Teasdale, their stylist, and Lottie Tomlinson, Louie's little sister, 
Um, and then all, again, just the whole um, sort of world on Tumblr that will take, I don't know, 1D girlfriends or uh, sisters or people related to One Direction and go and like do their like style lookbooks and stuff and talk about the fashion and all that. Um, I've gotten so much into that world and like... I mean, I've always been interested in, like, beauty and fashion and makeup and stuff, but it's, uh, I think the One Direction fandom gives, like, a, a gives out a lot of good content related to that, um, which is cool. Yeah, and also, I don't know where this fits in, um, but, um, just being into One Direction has got me more into, I think, like, British culture, because, um, mm -hmm, definitely. they've been on so many like British talk shows and like those like game show panel shows I don't know what they're called but they're very like prevalent in in British culture um yeah. and I never knew really about them until like I saw One Direction on them and I was like oh like this is funny like I want to go watch more so then I'd watch like different celebrities that I don't really know much about but I would like watch them for like mm -hmm. being on these panel shows or like being on these talk shows because it's like the hosts are funny or everything and I think it's it's so cool to like see a whole different like like culture because um british culture is pretty different from american culture and like the humor yeah. and like th like just how how shows are presented and i think it's just like really cool to see yeah i definitely agree and learning just a more like learning about it too learning about different cultures as well i know like now i'm watching x factor uk yeah and like i've listened to like the bbc one radio oh yeah like, same, different yeah. stuff like that where where, like, I would never have done that. I wouldn't, I would not know as much as I know. Like, I start using, like, British slang because I feel like from, like, Harry Potter and One Direction, <laughs> like, I have just, like, a, been absorbed into, like, a lot of the wonder, I mean, the British community type stuff where, like, I start using language that is, like, British language. And I don't even mean to. Like, it's not like I'm purposely going, ooh, I want to start using the word bloody. Yeah. I mean, well, my dad's, like, has Scottish parents, so, like, I, a lot of that I get from him as well. But, like, it just, it's just so natural to me. I, I, like, will accidentally call soccer football because, like, I just see it written as football so much that yeah. it just comes out like that. Yeah. You know? I feel like your so. entire family does it. It's so cute. I, like, it just seems like, you know, I just, like, I'm transported into a whole other world and I just pop into your house. <laughs> Yeah, it really because my dad, like, mm -hmm. he has, I'm actually wearing a skirt right, not a skirt, a shirt right now that says Scotland on it, mm. um, but yeah, uh, I think, I think that's a good point, it's just, like, an integration of, uh, different cultures, um, and then also, like, what I touched on last week, uh, about, like, my career interests about mental health have very much stemmed from, uh, being a part of the One Direction fandom, mm. Um, which is really cool. Yeah. Is there anything else you can think about that you've been inspired to go learn about? Um, well, I'm hopefully this, I don't, I don't want to curse it or jinx it, but hopefully I might be studying abroad next semester in England. Um, I mean, I've always loved England and really wanted to go there, but also I think that just knowing more about the culture via the internet, like makes it even like more, um, more of a dream for me. Um, so, mm -hmm. so I'm so excited. I hope you get to go. Like, I definitely want to go study in England at some point. Yes, you I should come probably visit. after I graduate. Yeah. But it would be so cool. Okay, so everyone send good vibes my way because I, I need them. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> I'll send good vibes. Thank you very Perhaps much. I'll send good vibes. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so now we're going to move into our top three moments in the fandom. Um, I think we should just sort of like go through these semi-quickly because yeah. we do have 
um, quite a bit more to get through. But um, I would say my top, well, I, should I, I don't know. Like, there's not really an order in mine. Yeah, same. Um, but I don't know. Maybe ours will, I mean, I'm sure ours are going to overlap. But I would say, firstly, the forming of this podcast has been awesome. Just because, like, how it's brought you and I together in sort of, like, a different setting where we're more business partners and we have to collaborate as, like, intellectuals. <laughs> um, and then also how it, like, brings us as it, it, it makes us creators in the fandom, which we've never been before. Yeah. And it brings us closer to other fans um, and like getting that interaction with people all over the world and people we would have never met. Um, I think that's been awesome. Yeah. I think the podcast um, is definitely the podcast one of yours. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't listed, but I thought it was just kind of um, like, it was kind of clear that it was like my actual number one, but I didn't have it listed. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So one of mine um, was last year during the summer, and I feel like um, I've talked about this before, but the farm is where I go on vacation, and it's like this rural farm in New Hampshire that um, doesn't have, like, cell phone service very well. It it has, like, shaky Wi-Fi, but anyway, so... um. That was, like, a. I was there, like, the week leading up to when our concert was going to be. Like, I was leaving the farm on Saturday, and, like, our concert was on Saturday, so I was going straight from there to the concert. Um, and so I was obviously really excited. And um, one of the days, Caitlin had actually gotten us floor seats because we had got... We had... I don't know. I don't think we had terrible seats, but it was, like, on the... It was on, like, the section... What's it called? Like, the... Section one. It was like the one hundred level. Yeah, it was like one eight, eight three, no, one thirty eight or something like that. And um mm-hmm. Caitlin got us floor seats and um I didn't know because like she I think you were trying to call me and text me and it like wasn't going through. So you had to like Facebook inbox mm-hmm. me, like throwback to like two thousand eight. <laughs> and um I finally got it when I was like leaving the farm to go to like some bookstore or something, um, just with my friends and I saw it on my on my phone and like I couldn't like believe my eyes, so I just, like, sort of started yelling, and I feel really bad for my friend Jen, because she was driving her car, so, like, you shouldn't start screaming, like, when your friend is driving a car with you in it, slash when your friend's driving in general, um, but, like, I was just, like, you know, yelling or something, and, like, I was just, like, freaking out, because, like, I never expected to be, like, like, have floor seats for One Direction, and, like, the fact that Caitlin just, like, did that out of the blue, it was just amazing, and, like, I have never felt so excited in my entire life, I don't think. Um, so Yeah, that yeah. was that was definitely crazy. And like when we showed up, I mean I had like I guess the first concert was super exciting. The second concert was so exciting yeah. as well. Obviously, but like just showing up on on the day of the concert and like walking to our seats. Yeah. Like that moment of like you you don't you don't necessarily know exactly where you are yeah. and like that moment of anticipation of like what row am I in, how far am yeah. I and am in am I and like we were just so close and I think we just totally freaked out and we were going like oh my god this was so worth it like yeah. oh my god look how close we are this is insane yeah and it was just such like an adrenaline rush mm-hmm. and excitement um and yeah that's definitely been such a such a great moment in the fandom for both of us I think yeah it was um, wow I think that um oh my god I totally lost my train of thought okay yeah keep going <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, and I wanted to say with the podcast also, um, I forgot to mention that like one moment in specific, like in particular, that was really exciting with like the formation of our podcast, because like we did a ton of time planning out what we were going to do. And there's like, uh, like trying to figure out how to upload the podcast and this and that. And like, I think it was, was this before we put out the in- uh, Invisible Innocence uh, responded to us or something? Oh, yeah. yeah. I when think it was, was like, in- um, once we put up our first three, like, all at once. Okay, so yeah, we'd put up our, like, first three episodes, like, just getting out there, not really knowing what to expect. Yeah. And it was just, like, our first response from someone who had, like, heard of us as a podcast, and I think we had reached out to him yeah. saying, like, is it cool if we use, like, we talk about your drawing yeah. um, on our podcast? Uh, and he responded to us and it was like that first moment yeah. of like, oh my God, like we have a first like listener. We have a first someone who knows who we are. This is so exciting. Yeah. And like, we were both like totally freaking <laughs> out when it was just like, I don't know. And now looking back, it's like, oh, cool. Someone contacted us, which is also awesome every single time. But like, it was just such a big deal to us, like to have that like first, I don't know, the first thing after putting out like our baby into the world. <laughs> our baby. Yeah, it really is though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like, I'd follow um, his work. Um, I'd been following his work for like a while and he's like, what if, if not my favorite, like fandom artist. And I think it was just like so cool. And like, he said really nice things about us and I didn't expect him to actually like listen to it. I thought like, I was just mm-hmm. like, Oh, like we're talking about your, your, um, you know, artwork, like if that's cool. And then he was like, Oh, but like, yeah. And I was like, Oh my God, like, okay. I'm not being comprehensive, but you know, it was like, it was a cool moment. That's all I have to say. Yeah, it really was. Um, And then I guess my third moment in the fandom would, because, like, my second one was sort of, like, the concert. My third one was just, I guess, like, the Project No Control just felt really awesome to be a part of. And I think, like, I was super excited when it was happening because I just felt this, like, coming together of everyone and this drive to to make like something different I don't know it just felt like and I think I probably have said this on the show where like you know when it rains I think I said this last episode even like when it rains and everyone like has their umbrellas and everyone's rushing together and like you just like you're inside or whatever and you feel like this closeness and this coming together of people I don't know if you feel that Mm -hmm. but that's what it felt like with the no control project where like everyone was experienced like experiencing the same thing all fans were experiencing the same like drive to come together and like put aside differences and just like I don't know it was just a really special like couple of days and whatever getting that whole project together yeah um my second one I'd say I don't even know what the numbers are on at this point but one of my other ones was when Caitlin was first getting into One Direction and um it had been like a few months I think at this point and we were yeah. going around to different Goodwills, um, just, like, thrift shopping, because that's, like, our, our um, you know, shop of choice. Um, and yep. when you put me and Kaylin in a car together, we have, we both have no <laughs> sense of direction. Like, when I mean no sense, I mean literally no sense. Like, I probably could not even tell you, I mean, I could barely tell you how to get from my house to her house, and it's, like, right. it's, like, a one-minute drive. <laughs> um so we got lost on our way to this other Goodwill that we've never been to. And now looking back on it, like, how the heck did we get lost going to that one? Because it's like, I, I don't know. But anyway, 
I don't know. And we had a GPS. Yes. So like, that's the most ridiculous part. We had knows? we had GPS, two phones. Like literally, what did we like? We're not like pioneers, like having to go by like the moss on a side of a rock. Like I don't understand how we can get lost, but it happens. <laughs> like somehow. Um, anyway, so when because like our t- um, you know because we got lost and we were like really far off the beaten path, so we had plenty of time to talk. And um, during this time. Um, <laughs> I don't really remember how this came up. I think it was, like, sort of, like, an awkward one of those things where she, like, Caitlin wanted to bring it up, but, like, didn't know how. And, and, um, like... I don't remember that being it, but okay. No, I just remember it sort of being, like, sort of, like, um... I don't know, because, um, basically, let me just, like, get it all out there. Um, this is, like, when Caitlin first told me that she read One Direction fan fiction, and she, I think she was asking me (laughs) if I had read any, or if I, like, read, like, had been reading. I any? really wish we could go back and watch that moment. I want to know because we both read fan fiction already. Yeah. We already we like both knew that each other read fan yeah. fiction. Um, but like not One Direction fan fiction. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's very interesting that that was like sort of a weird moment for like it wasn't weird, but it was mm-hmm. just like um, I don't know. It was like sort of like oh, should Makes I say me it? Realize like how far we've come. right. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like now we have no we have no filter um talking about anything nope. um but yeah because i we t- we read harry potter fan fiction back in like eighth grade and would like talk about that like twilight fan fiction like tbt yeah. um mm-hmm. um but yeah that was just like such a great moment because i think that like really is a marking point of like um when we just became like got really close because of one direction and like just got like because one direction has like opened so many more um like areas of conversation and um yeah. I just, like, I really look back on the moment. I was like, wow, that is just a really, you know, memorable thing. And I, you know, that's a great moment, I it think. It really was. Yeah. It really, really was. Yeah. And Kara's like, have you read this fiction yeah. yet? Have you read this? And I was like, no, tell me. Yeah. Like, and then I remember um you, like, sending me great. quotes, like, screenshotting quotes that you liked and, like, sending them to me. And I was like, yes, that is such a great quote. Like, wow. Oh my god, I was literally going through my photos on my computer the other day, mm-hmm. and I found all the screenshots of, of there was this one fan fiction in particular that we were, uh, that Kara wanted me to read, yeah. um, and, uh, I just, like, screenshotted so many photos and was texting them to her, and I found those all on my wow. computer the other day, and I'm really, like, wanting to go back and just read them all. Yes. Because the moments were all so great. Yeah. Um, but I definitely feel like fan fiction for us has just opened so many, like, conversation topics yeah. and, like, discussion and all that, mm-hmm. which has been really cool. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, yeah. And then did you have another moment you wanted to talk about um, fandom-wise? I want to say, like, um, when D-Day um, was just, mm, like, a really yeah. cool thing. Was a good time. Just because I remember, like, it was, like, my first semester in college, and I think that, like, having getting to basically like virtually hang out with One Direction for eight hours like was just like a really great thing because I think I was ha- I was having a hard time for the first semester in college I'll be honest and I think that like like I like we've said like One Direction has just been a place like a, just been a thing that's been like comforting um especially it's sort of like a piece of like home that you can take with you like wherever um and I think that was just like a great day because yeah. like it's literally eight hours of like getting to watch them be idiots and it was just it was great and I think that I was like stressing about like a bio exam I had the next day which you know I maybe should have studied more for but um I think <laughs> it really helps me just calm down and I think it was just like a great day in general 
Yeah, I actually watched the 1D Day highlights uh, like yesterday, the oh, day wow. before, because uh, Patty or PHouse1964 mm-hmm. on Twitter was uh, talking to me about it, and it just brought back so many good memories. Yeah. Uh, we should do like a, a go back and watch all together type of thing where we just sit and watch like all eight hours. Yes. Oh my like, god, a live. What if we hilarious. had like a live stream of like us, like. And that like would be fans. so much that fun. That would be really fun. Write in if you want to have us live stream that. <laughs> I think I think during the holidays we're gonna do um a rewatch of This Is Us and like record ourselves so that you guys can like play us as we watch the movie. Um, but one D Day, eight hours. <laughs> that could be good. <laughs> I mean, I'd be down. Um, I can't wait to like hear us like for them to hear us crying um at the campfire scene um when we do our This Is oh Us my rewatch. God, yeah. <laughs> So get ready for that, you know, tune in to hear us sobbing. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so let's close this um, fandom discussion up Mm -hmm. with just, like, how the fandom has affected us and, like, how it's added to the One Direction experience uh, in general. I have this little, like, written statement that I guess I'll just read. I said, being a fan of One Direction has meant so many things for me. Not only has it been such an incredible bonding point for Kara and I, but also it has given me something I can always go to when I'm stressed or dealing with things things in my own life. It is like reading a really good book that never ends. I don't have to say goodbye to my favorite characters. Furthermore, I feel privileged to be a part of such an empowering fandom. I love immersing myself amongst incredible content creators such as artists and writers and following Twitter accounts that run like actual online businesses. Um, and yeah, I just, I think, I think I just think all that. <laughs> Kara, how do you feel? <laughs> I think that's such a good, like cohesive way to end our discussion because I think it really encapsulates how I feel about it and I think I really freaking love that it's like reading a really good book that never ends because I think that's exactly how it is because I think with all the other fandoms that I've been a part of um they've all been like either about movies or about um like books and like obviously those come to an end and like you know One Direction may come to an end but like they're gonna still be like alive and like doing doing stuff like still people yeah they're they're still people um or Harry I don't know what he is like some form of alien um creature but he's still gonna be around (laughs) frog son yeah frog alien robot um but yeah I think that's such a it's so great I'm just feeling a really lot of love for my heart what for my heart in my heart for the fandom right now um yeah yeah Yeah. I think like because it just it just reminds me of like I know there was a I've I've reread the Harry Potter books like about a million times, mm-hmm. but there was one time in eighth grade when I was rereading them, and I I had been reading them for a while and like going through each of the books, and I remember just sitting on the school bus like home, and I think I was in the seventh book, and like I knew it was coming to an end, and like once I had finished, I just. I felt like something, like I was losing my friends, you know, I like some part of me was sort of like going away because I'd finished and now the only way to like do it would to be read them again. But like, I just felt like, oh my God, my friends are going away and I'm never going to see them again or like something like that. And I just, I get that same feeling of like One Direction being there, like a book is there for you. But the thing is like, it's not going to end and I'm not going to have to say like goodbye to all these people in the fandom and like the boys like they're just they're still gonna be there in the world Mm -hmm. 
um, which is nice. Um, and I think just as as the fandom in general, it, like it really does add so much to the One Direction experience. I think One Direction, liking One Direction is is not about just their music or just liking the boys. It's so much about this like entire experience of being involved in One Direction. And I think there's sure there's fans that are just sort of like, you know, not as like deep fans. They're just sort of like, you know, maybe like their music or like the boys are like touch base with One Direction. But when you're really part of the fandom, it's just like an all encompassing experience. And there's not just one thing that makes it good. It's it's the fact that there's a million things that you can get involved with and like feel supported by, I think. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to say to close off the fandom discussion? No, I think that was a really nice, um, ending to it. Yeah, I loved, I loved these, the two episodes that we've done about this. I think it's just so important. Mm -hmm. Um, 1D fandom is awesome, you guys. Yep. Um, so now let's jump into some feedback. Uh, this is from Patty or Peahouse1964 on Twitter, who said, uh, for her thoughts on fanfiction... I read fanfic off and on for years, not obsessively, but I've enjoyed it. The thing about 1D fanfic and the stories I choose to read is that it gives names to things I have known about for years. I've been with various LGBTQ plus people over the years, and I wish I'd known what pansexual or transgender or gender fluid was 15 years ago. So much pain and confusion has could have been avoided, not just for me, but for my partners too. I love how normal everyone in all the relationships are. It's what I hope the world will be one, be will be one day. Um, I thought this was an incredible description of what fan fiction does because I'm such a supporter of the idea that language, giving people language to talk about how they feel and how other people are feeling, is such a key to like, like when you have language, you have knowledge and power, and and that leads to progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think fan fiction definitely gives people the language to speak about these things in an in intelligent and um, I don't know, in an intelligent way. Mm-hmm. I definitely um, agree. So I, yeah, I thought this was such a good comment, and and to see how it really affects a person's life. Yeah. Like this is not just like la di da. This is really important stuff that has an impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she also talked about uh, our songwriting discussion from last episode uh, on Infinity, and she agreed with me that Illusion was not her favorite song either. Um, and she said, I hope Infinity grows on me more when we get the full album. And I think, like, looking back, we might have been a little bit harsh on Infinity because yeah. I was listening to it again, and I was like, this is actually a pretty good jam, <laughs> and it's definitely not, it's not, like, as bad as Illusion is for me. I think Illusion sounds way more, like, techno, like sound that i don't like as much Mm -hmm. um and maybe we came across too negatively with infinity um but yeah i agree that illusion's not good uh do you want to read the next one sure um this is from sarah east who is at sarah um, underscore marie underscore 67 on twitter and she says, Hi, I thought your whole Infinity discussion was quite interesting. However, I am definitely a fan of Infinity. I totally get the you and I vibes from it, but I think it's a lot better than you and I, which I was never a huge fan of. I still like Drag Me Down more because, I mean, nothing can live up to all of its wonderfulness. I am too anxiously waiting, awaiting the song Harry wrote that made Liam cry. Oh, well. Um, November 13th can't, can't get here fast enough. Um, and I thought that was, that was really interesting because... 
I wonder if it's, like, one of those things, or, like, I was telling her, like, I was wondering if it was one of those things, it's, like, if you like Infinity, you're not the biggest fan of you and I, if you like you and I, you're not the biggest fan of Infinity, um, I'm sure there's people who like both, but, um, I'm just, yeah. I'm just interested, because I have this, like, theory, this is totally unrelated, but I have this theory that if you, like, um, roller coasters, then you're not usually a fan of scary movies, and if you like scary movies, you usually don't, or you sometimes don't like roller coasters, and I've actually found that to be sort of true. Um, <laughs> oh my god, that's so weird. Yeah, because you like roller coasters, right? Yeah. But you don't like scary movies, and I like scary movies, but don't like roller coasters. I hate coasters. scary movies. Yeah, see? So I think it's maybe like an adrenaline <laughs> This is thing. like the, the olive thing. What's that from How I Met Your Mother, where if you... Like, the two people who, like, are matched together, one likes olives, one doesn't like olives or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I like this theory. We should do a poll from our listeners. We should. Write us in. Let us know. Actually, please do. Do you like scary movies or roller coasters? Yes. Or both. Or neither. Interesting theory. Please write it. Yeah. Well, don't write us in. Then you'll, you'll, like, make Kara's theory all wrong. And we want to be biased in our our research, obviously. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, (laughs) Uh, she also ended up saying that the she thinks that it's the lyrics for Infinity mm. that she likes a lot better than you and I, uh, which I think is probably true. Probably the Infinity lyrics are better than you and I. Yeah, we um, haven't looked at the you and I ones closely enough, and I think that we should do it just so that we're more equal on equal terms for both of them. Yeah, maybe that'll be an interesting comparison, Infinity versus you yeah, and I. Yeah, ooh. Um, to, like, see the differences. Um, Yeah. So let's move on to recommendations of the week. My recommendation this week is to watch a video that Capital One put out. They did an interview with One Direction recently, um, and then they did a whole bunch of like fun segment things too. And one of them was a What Makes You Beautiful remake, but it was like What Makes You 1D or something. Mm-hmm. And they rewrote the lyrics to What Makes You Beautiful and One Direction sang them, and it was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so go watch that. Mm-hmm. And then what was your recommendation? My recommendation is this picture, and it's, well, it's two pictures, and it's a comparison between One Direction's feet between um, 2000, I want to say 11 maybe, and now, and the caption is, the Identify One Direction members based on their shoes game became a lot easier in 2015, and it's, like, really funny because, like, Harry has his gold boots and Niall has, like, his brace on his on his foot, and, like, it, they just, like, mm-hmm. have really come into their own style. Um, <laughs> Nile with his face. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's just, like, you know, just, like, a iconically Nile thing now. And, like, but back in the yeah. day, they all had basically, like, those, like, big, oversized, like, white shoes or, like, Converse and, like, mm-hmm. all the same things. But um, it's just, like, it's, like, a funny picture. And it's, it's really cute and, like, very interesting to see how much they've changed and, like, how much they've developed their own style over the years. Yeah, that is true. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, being able to compare them. I'm sure, like, people could have outfits picked out and people could easily designate who is who, yeah, you know? Yeah, Like, oh, who would wear that? Harry, obviously. Louis, obviously. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. Uh, and then our tweets of the week this week. Mine is Niall, uh, who... He got into some, like, rundown with the paparazzi, paps, paparazzi, <laughs> um, when he was going into a club, I think. Um... And there's a video of him, and you can see, like, him walking and then fans trying to get photos with him, and he's, like, taking photos with the fans, and then one of the paparazzi says, like, 
hey, get out of the way or whatever to the fan. Yeah. Uh, so Niall was sort of pissed at that. And on Twitter, he said, I absolutely hate some of those paps. Nasty, nasty people. Whoever the hell you were, don't ever tell one of our fans to get out of the way. So you can get a bleep picture of me walking into a nightclub that you'll get 10 quid. You do nothing for me. So you get out of the way. And I just thought, like, Niall does not usually, like, get, like, sassy on Twitter. But, like, his, like, so you get out of the way. Like, it was very much, like, he was fired up, which was, I mean, you expect that from Louie, but not from Niall. Yeah. Dang. Shout out to Niall for, like, having the fans back. Yeah, that's right. And it's like a it's time when you're going to support them from being sassy because they're supporting them. Yeah, exactly. Right it's not just like completely unnecessary, like rude things. Like yeah. it's actually like helpful and. Cough, Zane, cough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um. <laughs> What's your tweet of the my week? My tweet of the week actually sort of goes hand in hand with yours. So I'm not sure if this was the same instance or a different one, but. Um, someone tweeted, um, if there's one person I dislike, it's at Louis Tomlinson. This is not my favorite tweet, by the way. Um, it's dislike, it's Louis Tomlinson <laughs> said to his fans last night when leaving a club, do you guys ever effing sleep? Idiot. And then Louis went on saying that he was actually cursing at the paps for being rude. And, um, like he just wanted to make that clear that he wasn't like insulting the fans. Like he was actually talking to the pals because they were being rude and annoying. And then, um, mm-hmm. my favorite tweet was when he was replying to a fan who said, thanks for having our backs. And Louis said always and put a sunglasses emoji. And I think it's just so cute because Louis does really have the fans backs. Like, I feel like he really, really, yeah, does. like he really, I know. Does. And I really love it. And just the fact that he used the sunglasses emoji just really made the, it was really just the cherry he on top. nailed that, like, nailed it in there. Like, that yeah. was, the sunglass emoji did it for me. I was like, yes. Yeah. You know? You just felt, like, in on it or something. Yeah, it really is great. And I feel like he just, like, I just loved that. I loved that he did that and, like, felt the need to clarify and, like, make sure that people knew that he wasn't doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, now for our question of the week this week. Um... As long as One Direction doesn't put any other content out, I mean, I don't know how how like confident we can be in that because I think there's a music video coming up and I'm sure they're going to start like releasing songs uh, before the album comes out. Yeah. But we have planned, we'd say next episode, but on an upcoming episode, we plan to talk about songwriting um, because I think, I feel like we talk about that so much and maybe we're not doing like a, an in-depth like we're not giving it enough attention um, on our preferences to why we think certain songs are written well and other songs aren't. Um, so we're going to talk about that next episode and what songs like One Direction songs we think uh, really show what good songwriting is about. Um, so our question of this week is what do you think makes a song well written? Um, and that'll just sort of like kick off our discussion. Um, so make sure you tweet us or go on Tumblr or whatever, because uh, I think it's important because I don't think everyone has the same opinions on what makes a song well written. Yeah. So it's important to get uh, everyone's uh, opinion. And then we also just want general feedback and suggestions as usual. Um, what you thought about this show, anything else you want to add to our fandom discussion or any news stories you want to hear us talk about or main discussions for future episodes. Um, I know once the album comes out, we're going to have a ton on the new songs and stuff, but uh we're always open for suggestions because we want to intersperse song discussions with a whole bunch of other fun stuff. So write us in if you have an idea. Um, 
Uh, thank you so much for listening to episode 16 of Talk Direction. You can go follow us on Twitter at talk underscore direction. Uh, email us at talkdirection at gmail.com. Visit our Tumblr for show notes and other updates, talkdirection.tumblr.com. Or follow us individually on Twitter. I'm Caitlin I.R. Foster. That's C-A-I-T-L-I-N. And Kara, where can they find you? I'm Kara underscore pond and Kara is with a C. And then also you can just go over to iTunes and rate and review us and subscribe on iTunes. If you hit subscribe, you're going to get every episode. As soon as it comes out, um, you'll get notified and get it downloaded to your Apple device. (laughs) And then also if iTunes isn't for you, you can go on SoundCloud and get our episodes that way as well. Um, I'm Caitlin. And I'm Kara. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time for episode 17. Bye. Bye.